0: It's time for your R.M. World Travel Connection with Robert and Mary Carey and Rudy Maxa on the SSI Radio Network. at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Visit us online at rmworldtravel.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rmworldtravel. And now, welcome to America's number one travel radio show.
1: Welcome aboard hour 2 of RM World Travel. It's just after 11 a.m. Eastern Time here in the New York area on Saturday, August 10th. I'm Robert Carey. And Mary and I and Rudy appreciate you joining us as we cover everything and anything in the world of travel. I mentioned it last hour. I'm just going to repeat myself right now. Uh, New travel polls are up on our website, so we hope you will check them out and vote. And during our live broadcast next week at this time, Uh, we will share the results with you. So to maximize our time, Mary, so that we can share more travel news with everyone, how about we get right to the hour two round. Sounds
2: good, because we have a stack of news here. All right, ahead in our B Block segment today, show friend Miriam Cross will join us. She has some thoughts she wants to share about the perks of off-season travel. Scott McCartney is also ahead this hour as he returns to the program with us to discuss how emerging technologies on planes may soon be collecting valuable data about you. America is dotted with unusual roadside attractions and travel writer Ellie Van... Ellie Nan Stork, I'm sorry, will share a few of her favorites with us. And before we sign off for today, author Jeff Gwynn will call into the program to discuss how Henry Ford and Thomas Edison invented the summer road trip.
1: You know, that's interesting. I want to, when Scott comes on, I want to talk to him about uh, Cafe Pacific and the in-flight cameras that are now out there. So we'll uh, we'll get into that coming up. Uh, But Rudy, right now, uh, what do you have in your pile up there in Minnesota for travel news?
3: Well, our audience will remember, our loyalists will remember that for the first months of this year we followed the slow progress of a Frenchman named Jean-Jacques who crossed the Atlantic solo in a large barrel. Well, come December you can sort of join in the fun too if you don't mind rowing across the Atlantic with 29 other teams. This is an organized event called the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge. I don't know if you're allowed to drink whiskey all the way around. You're gonna need it because (laughs) here's your daily schedule. You row for two hours, sleep for two hours, row for two hours, sleep for two hours, 24 hours a day. That's about 1.5 million ore strokes during your cross-Atlantic trip. And according to the organizers, you may encounter waves, oh, as high as 20 feet. And there's no toilet board. That's what the bucket is for. Now, if you're still interested after that, here's the good news. It's a great way to lose weight and get in shape. You'll burn about 5,000 calories a day. Now, this is an annual event. The organizers say it's, and here I quote, a life-changing achievement that will never be forgotten, unquote.
1: Yikes. I bet. <laughs> I bet is right.
3: Details at com. Oh, my goodness. All right, so
1: that's one more thing for us to follow. <laughs> wow. Um, well, all right. So, you, you know, you, when I say everything and anything, here we go. We're going to go in a different direction. Um, I think all of us listening, we want to be good stewards of the world that we have and, and leave it a better place than we found it. Hopefully, most of us feel that way. Uh, if you are tra- a traveler and you're going to be going through San Francisco International Airport, Uh, As I said just a couple minutes ago, we're broadcasting right now live on Saturday the 10th. But on Tuesday the 20th of August, this goes into effect. No more plastic water bottles at San Francisco International. And, uh, you know, some of you out there might be, you know, applauding that. Others you might be like me, you know, saying, come on. Uh, But regardless, you know, the the issue that I, I bring this up is because it's the inconsistencies. So in a world where travelers are being forced to, you know, pack lighter because we don't want to pay the checked luggage fees. Uh, The inconsistency here is no more plastic water bottles, but if you want to buy flavored water or soda or iced tea or whatever else that might be in a plastic water bottle, you can. I don't understand that.
2: Yeah, the inconsistency of flavored waters and sodas being allowed i don't really understand that this is all over social media
1: It's all and, kinds and, of mixed reactions you know rudy what they're basically saying is bring your own bottle so one more thing to pack okay uh or we will sell you an aluminum or glass bottle Ah, uh, that you can take. And you know, last week we talked about when Mary went to the Rolling Stones concert, they don't allow w- water uh, or bottle caps uh, in the arena anymore because they're afraid of projectiles. yeah. So when you so here, oh we're going to have yeah. aluminum aluminum or glass so water you, bottles, you, you, which
2: right. could be a weapon. you buy the uh, you know, the plastic water bottle at the arena and they give it to you without the cap because oh they my have goodness, people throwing water bottles with the caps but, on, which, which is are just like a weapon. Pathetic which to why begin people with. are doing that. But,
1: now buy know. your aluminum or glass bottle, which you can take onto a plane. It's like throwing a brick. I I, I really, the inconsistency on this across the board. I, I applaud the effort to try to eliminate plastics. Yeah. I'm not trying to diminish that. But this was clearly not well thought out. And and the problem that I have, again, I can buy a soda bottle. I can buy an iced tea. I can buy a flavored water. Yeah, flavored I mean,
2: water. What's it, the difference? I don't so, understand it.
1: There's
3: my well, they've got all those, about 100 water stations at San Francisco. Yeah. On the other Where side you can security, fill, so you can right? Fill up your own bottle. But I guess mm-hmm. they don't have any flavored water I, I, I guess see not. stations yet. <laughs> Yeah.
1: you know what I would say uh, 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 if you're uh, fly into San Jose fly into Oakland avoid it mm. there
2: you go All right. Well, uh, I guess along the same lines of, you know, sustainability and being a good steward when we travel, don't pet the uh, wildlife when you're in the national parks. Um, Specifically, a tourist last week was caught on camera petting a wild bison. Mm -hmm. Not only is this not smart and not exercising common sense and leaving the wildlife alone, it's illegal. So an investigation has been enacted by law enforcement. It's currently underway. And stories like this are always a good reminder, not that we need them, but I guess some people do do not go near the wildlife. And it's if you've been to Yellowstone National Park, there are signs everywhere about that. Very strict yeah, good rules. Advice. So. That's good advice. Good
3: uh, advice. Last year, uh, passengers brought more than a million emotional support animals aboard commercial airline flights. And this week, the Transportation Department, much to the relief of airline executives, tightened rules regarding what is a legitimate support animal and what's just someone's favorite pet that they feel more comfortable flying with. There are a number of more specific requirements, both for airlines and passengers, that are too no- numerous, too detailed for us to go into here. But the rules cover specific limitations, documentation requirements, containment check-in, and advanced notice requirements. So check with an airline before you take an animal along. Uh, weeks ago, uh, an American Airlines flight attendant was bitten by an emotional support dog, and both workers' unions and airline trade organizations have long trades organizations, excuse me, have long requested a Department of Transportation clarification on the subject. And I just noted uh, today in, in in my email that uh, the Department of Transportation has approved miniature horses as uh, legitimate emotional about. support animals. Yes.
1: Uh, I saw yesterday, Rudy. You know, I like to read all the newspapers. I was reading the Atlanta Journal Constitution, and apparently, a judge uh, put an injunction against Delta that they delta said no pit bulls and the judge has put an injunction in to say you can bring your pit bull yeah. along, uh, as long as it's an emotional support which I, again i guess it goes into the training but i'm not sure i'm real comfortable if i'm on the plane looking at the owner and something goes awry with the pit bull
3: right i'm uh, i it's 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 a, it's a it's a it's tough this thing these rules it's very tough so.
1: Uh, real quick, I'll just throw in uh, this week, uh, U.S. News and World Reports, they released their annual rankings for best hotel and awards programs. Real quick, uh, for awards uh, for hotels, top five, Marriott Bonvoy, Wyndham Rewards, World of Hyatt, Choice Privilege, Best Western Rewards. For top airline rewards, uh, loyalty programs, Alaska uh, Airlines Mileage Plan, Delta SkyMiles, JetBlue, United, and then American Airlines rounds out the uh, number five on that.
2: Hmm, hmm.
3: Well, we thank you for being part of our national broadcast today. Up next, show friend Miriam Cross returns to the program to discuss some of the perks of off season travel. So keep your radio locked right where it is. We love having you with us every weekend, and we'll be right back after this break. The quality of Dollar Shave Club products is second to none, and with everything you need to shower, shave, and style your hair, Dollar Shave Club has you covered head to toe. Put dollarshaveclub.com slash RM to the test for just $5. Their ultimate shave starter set is basically everything you need for an amazing shave. The executive razor, shave butter, prep scrub, and post-shave Dew. After that, the restock box ships regular-sized products at regular prices. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash RM. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash RM, or you can visit rmworldtravel.com and look under sponsors.
2: To sleep really cool and comfortable this summer, get rid of your heat-trapping mattress and get a Casper. Its breathable foams are designed to keep you cool all night long. Plus, it's softer under your shoulders and firmer under your hips for healthy alignment and extra support. Just head over to Casper.com right now to take advantage of their summer blowout. You'll get $100 off every thousand you spend only at Casper.com. Or visit rmworldtravel.com for a link under sponsors. Additional terms and conditions apply. Just see Casper.com terms.
1: Or you'll also find a link at rmworldtravel.com under sponsors.
0: Got a question or comment? Need savvy travel advice? Connect with Robert, Mary, and Rudy anytime on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at rmworldtravel. Now, back to Travel.
1: All right, let's get back to more of our World Travel Get Together. Robert Mary with you. Thanks for staying with us through those important sponsor messages. And this portion of the program is made possible by Ama Waterways River Cruises.
2: It's been a busy year of growth for Ama Waterways. They've had a lot of new ship launches this year. If you've ever wanted to take a river cruise or you're ready to take your next river cruise, now is a great time to look at booking your holiday travels with Ama Waterways.
1: It certainly is, folks. And listen, when it comes to river cruising, there's one company that stands out from the crowd for their level of service, the quality of their modern ships, the value, range of itineraries passion to be the best i could go on and on and that's on the waterways Right now, they've extended their special holiday triple savings opportunity through September 30th, and it delivers $1,000 savings per person on 2019 holiday cruises that Mary just mentioned. A complimentary stateroom upgrade, $50 per person onboard credit. You can use it towards massage services, purchases in the boutique, frankly, whatever you want. Check out their ships, their specials, and itineraries at amawaterways.com, or find a link at rmworldtravel.com under sponsors.
2: Okay, if you're the kind of traveler who wants to avoid the crowds and likes to save some money while doing it, so I'd say that's pretty much all of us (laughs) well our next guest show friend miriam cross with kiplinger's magazine who is waiting patiently on the show hotline is joining us from their washington dc headquarters to discuss the perks of off-season travel
1: hey miriam nice to reconnect with you it's been a while how have you been
2: i'm good how about you
1: we are well uh, very well looking forward to uh, the rest of the weekend but uh, all is well here in the new york area so thank you uh, listen, you know, I think given the choice, most travelers would plan their getaways during the off season, not only to save money, but, you know, to get potential extras and avoid the crowds and hassles that come with peak season travel, particularly in popular destinations. So I realize the weather is still warm, very hot in parts of the country right now this weekend, uh, Miriam. But I want to start with discussing off season travel to ski resorts. Because ski resorts actually cater to off-season travelers really well with a number of activities. And frankly, we've enjoyed this firsthand on a summer trip to Whistler, north of Vancouver, enjoying activities like zip lining, hiking, biking on the trails, and more. So what are some of the top ski resorts out there doing for off-season travelers?
4: It's not too hard to find a ski resort that is catering to um, year-round travelers. A lot of them are building up uh, their facilities and welcoming people all year round. So Vail is one where there's tons of stuff going on. There's farmer's markets, art shows, concerts. Um, And then in terms of activities on the mountain, you can actually do a lot of the things on the mountain that you would in the winter in the summer. Going on the tubing hill or the um, alpine coaster or riding the gondola. I mean, you're not skiing down, but you can still ride it and see the views.
1: And, you know, up until a month or two ago, some of the ski resorts out west were still open.
4: Some of them are open basically year-round, and
1: especially
4: if you go in the fall or the spring, you can get the absolute cheapest rates.
2: Yeah, which is hard to believe to me, but that sounds like fun, skiing in July. All right, let's talk about, I happen to love summer. Let's talk about extending summer weather into fall and winter. You're all about that. I am. So we were actually in Greece last month in July. It's super busy, lots of tourists, but I've been to Greece in October where it's still warm and it's far less busy. So I want to talk about Greece, but you also identified Bermuda. And the fact that they run most outdoor activities like golf, sailing, and lots of others year-round. So what can you share with us about those two destinations for off-season travel?
4: Yeah, in terms of Bermuda, it's funny. I was looking at their tourism website, and they're really promoting year-round travel. They even had a chart showing you all the activities you can do and what seasons it's best to do them. And there's tons of stuff that you can either do all year-round or you can do in the winter and fall. And that's because Bermuda doesn't get that cold.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: It's maybe mid 60s in the depth of winter so in some ways it can be if you don't like hot weather it can actually be more pleasant plus it's known as an expensive destination so this is also a way to enjoy it without spending
1: a ton of money yeah and i would say we, we should have gone to greece in october because there was yeah. a tremendous amount of people yeah, it was, uh it was hundred yeah. plus degrees <laughs> and the acropolis there was uh, even the markets that were packed but uh, good advice certainly All right, so for those of us who don't mind cooler temperatures, uh, which would be me, the part of the travel duo here, uh, when we travel off-season, you know, I found it interesting that you've identified Venice, Japan, and the Grand Canyon. And certainly, Miriam, they are three very different destinations from each other. So break them down for us and explain your thoughts on visiting these places. Sure. So
4: they are very different, but they also get extremely busy in peak season. In terms of the Grand Canyon, it can be, I mean, you're also here in the desert, it can be really oppressive in the summer, but in the winter, it may be cold, so you need to dress for that, but it's also luck of the draw. You can also get clear, sunny days, and a lot of the activities are still open. I mean, I'm talking about the South Rim specifically. The North Rim does close, and also one of the best, if you want to stay in the park itself, your best chance of doing that is in the winter. In terms of Venice, I mean, we read, it, we read all the time about how Venice is experiencing over tourism and this sense of crowds from the cruises. And they are. Like, I've been in, yeah. yeah I've, I was in Venice a, a few years ago in October, and it was still pretty busy, but I couldn't imagine how much more congested it must be in the summer.
1: Well, we were and, also there last month, that I can attest. Yeah. They, everything you hear, it's true.
4: Hacked. I was thinking, like, it seems like a great place to go in the winter, because it has yeah. like the canals and like moody and misty and dark. It seems a very cozy place to go in the winter. And in terms of Japan, cherry blossom season is hugely popular. But I was really interested to find out that a month or two before cherry blossom season is plum blossom season. Same look on the trees, beautiful pink flowers, apparently they smell lovely, which you don't get the cherry blossoms, and it's also a lot cheaper.
2: Oh, that's okay. interesting. No, all right, so we'll keep that in mind. Um, all right, let's talk about another area you identified for off season. That's off season rainy season. So the first place I think of that I think we would all like to avoid during rainy or what they call monsoon season in our parts of India in June through September. But Thailand, uh, you wrote o- wrote about, coincidentally also has quite a rainy season. Maybe not a monsoon season from mid May through October. And it made your list of a good destination during that time frame. Why?
4: Rainy season actually has its pluses in Thailand, mm-hmm. it, so in the spring they burn crops, especially in the north, so it can be very hazy, but the rain washes that all away. It's also the best time to go for hiking if you want greenery and like blooming trees and waterfalls. If you're going in January, it may be dry, but you're also not going to get those beautiful waterfalls.
2: Right. And I think you mentioned it, when it rains in Thailand during that time frame, it's not raining like all day, right?
4: that's another thing about rainy season just rainy season doesn't mean it's raining all day every day it could be just an hour or two in the afternoon
1: or evening right which is like florida frankly And and if you're lucky maybe it's strategic when you're having lunch or you're having dinner and it doesn't really matter to you so yeah all right so i'll change it up a little bit with you i will discuss cruising what caught my attention in your article miriam frankly is you say cruise when others refuse which i love we often encourage folks to look at opportunities when the cruise ships are repositioning to other parts of the world if they offer great incentives and experiences but what you're suggesting clearly is something different explain it to everyone
4: so this is actually a great time of year to think about a fall cruise whether you want to go to the caribbean or alaska or the mediterranean especially in the caribbean some people first of all a lot of people are back in school like fall is not really the peak time of travel for a lot of families and you may be deterred by the thought of storms, which can affect the cruise itinerary. But also, unlike land-based activities, cruises can circumvent the storms. So as long as you're not too picky about which islands you want to visit, then you there's a good chance you're going to have a pretty similar
2: trip, even if the itinerary gets changed. Oh, I like that. Great advice. Okay. Um, So, Kayak, uh, I saw in your article, reported that Edinburgh, Scotland, is the cheapest place to visit based on airfare and a two-night hotel stay in February. Um, I can't say I associate February and Scotland together as a really good time, but uh, we have been to Ireland in the winter, so I'm guessing it's got a similar maritime climate because of the ocean waters where winters stay above freezing. What can you do in Scotland in February? And
1: and this was a good time Ah. to make your plans because you got, what, five, six months to get them in? yeah.
4: Right. Um, So I haven't been to Scotland myself, but my mom was there Mm -hmm. back in June, And it was, like, cold and drizzly when she was there for part Mm. of the time. So with Scotland, and I think with Ireland, too, it's not like you're guaranteed to have good weather at any time of year. True. So it could rain and be cold in the summer, so why not try the winter? Plus, it doesn't actually get very cold doesn't actually go uh, below freezing that
1: often well and I would also throw in that if if, listen if you've done the UK uh, as far as England I'm going to say specifically from that part of Great Britain or you've done Ireland whether it's north or south Scotland offers an excellent alternative and but yet very comfortable because you'll feel very uh, it's got a very similar feel but uh, last question Uh, we've got maybe 20 seconds for you on this and I'm going to put you on the hot seat a little bit where does Miriam Cross like to go during her off-season travel
4: Oh, my gosh. I actually pretty much only travel during off-season because it's emptier and it's cheaper. Um, But a couple years ago, I went to Morocco with some friends, and it felt like it was a great time to go. The desert wasn't too hot. The cities were, like, really pleasant and it was warmer than D.C., but we could get away with walking around with a light jacket.
1: Morocco. I like that. what
4: month was
2: that? It was in end of February.
1: End of February. Okay. Okay. Well, Miriam, listen, thank you very much for sharing some of the perks of off-season travel with us today. Uh, We appreciate it. Enjoy the weekend, okay?
2: Oh, you too. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Take care.
1: All right. There goes Miriam Cross, folks. Kiplinger's magazine. You can check her out. Uh, always enjoy having her on the show. Um, she's a fun person for sure. You can hear that in her voice. Uh, right now, Mary, you know what it's time for.
2: What's the time for? It's time for that
1: sponsors break again. They just yep. keep coming all the time. So folks, uh, really, we're going to pause you can for can We're going to pause for a few commercial messages from our sponsors. But Mary and I are back with more RM World Travel as we roll right along today. So stay with us.
3: Hiring isn't as simple as putting an ad in the paper or posting to a job board. That's where LinkedIn comes in. More than 600 million members visit them. LinkedIn.com forward slash RM. Make sure your job gets in front of people with the right skills. Skills like collaboration, work ethic, adaptability. They do all the legwork to match you to the most qualified candidates who will transform your business. To get $50 off your first job post, go to LinkedIn.com slash RM. That's LinkedIn.com slash RM. Terms and conditions apply. Or visit rmworldtravel.com and look under sponsors for info.
1: All right, as we return from that sponsor's break, we hope you're all having a good day out there. Thanks for spending part of it with us. Before we welcome back Scott McCartney to our show, a quick word about LifeLock.com.
2: Well, if you haven't heard, a major credit card company just announced a massive data incident involving current credit card customers. It's reported that the security breach may affect over 100 million people, and many thousands of Social Security numbers and bank accounts were taken. Information was also accessed from consumers and small businesses who applied for one of the bank's credit card products from 2005 through early 2019. Think about that, over 14 years. Wow,
1: 14 years. This is why, folks, we urge you to get protected with LifeLock that now includes Norton Security. LifeLock uses proprietary technology to help you detect threats to your identity, while Norton Security helps protect your devices from other online threats that you just can't save join now for the first year save 10 percent at lifelock.com use code rm you'll also find a link at rmworldtravel.com under sponsors
2: and now let's get right to that show hotline and welcome back scott mccartney as we talk about something else all travelers should be mindful of smart airplanes and airlines collecting data on you
1: welcome back to the show scott how's your summer been so far been good. Been good. How's, your, how's yours been? Well, we've been well. Been busy traveling a lot, but yeah. uh, it's a yeah. good thing in our world. But all, all good here. Um, thanks for asking.
2: So, Scott, it's great to have you here. Thank you. And we asked you to join us today to discuss this. Uh, I'll call it a new world. Travelers are on as airlines are bringing more technologies and convenience to us as passengers, but at the same time, are gaining more information about our habits, our preferences. Uh, for example, wh- you know, they may be able to know whether we're wearing our seatbelt or not. Certainly, that could be a good thing. Uh, you've written pretty extensively about what's coming. I kind of see it as a slippery slope, but give us a couple of examples
5: and uh, your thoughts on this. Sure, and good to be with you, Mary. Um, you know, a lot of this is really practical stuff. Um, red and green lights on the overhead bins, for example. You know, how many times do we see people get on the airplane, the bin is closed, they, they open it up hoping that it's going to be full. I think um, every time. Yeah, right. So there really should be a system in there, and I think there there will be a system coming in a couple of years where uh, the LED lights are green if there's space, uh, red if it's uh, completely full, and yellow if it's half full. And, and so you can look down the entire cabin and say, hey, there's no more overhead bin space. So I'm going to check my bag right, right here. Or you can say, if I go back to row 20, um, it's green, so there's, mm. there's space there. Um you mentioned the the seatbelt sensors. Um that's a that is a good safety enhancement. Uh, right. Instead of walking down the aisle and looking in everybody's lap, the flight attendant can look at an iPad screen and say, "Oh, everybody's buckled in except 13D." Yeah. And and so we'll go down there. Um uh, but some of it does get um you know, airlines would love to know what you're doing in the seat, um particularly in business class. So how much are you sleeping? When are you sleeping? Uh, what are you watching on the on the uh, entertainment system and all? Some people may not want that. And, you know, they may not want their, you know, you could see a scenario where their employers might know, hey, uh, Scott's not working on the plane. He's well, that's sleeping. You, well, let's talk about that. watching silly TV. You know, I want to take it oh,
1: yeah. a step further with you because, you know, Scott, this week, you know, Cathay Pacific Airways, they confirmed in-flight cameras are monitoring passengers on flights for what they're calling security purposes. Anyone that listens to this show knows I'm not a big fan of big business, big tech, big government, frankly, big anything, you know, without permission in my life. But I do feel as a society, we're becoming more accepting to all these intrusions and the collection of data, because you know there's not much that we can do about it individually. So I don't want to be an alarmist with folks, but when tech is used for the right purposes, it's a good thing. and some of the technology coming to planes is going to create that customized travel experience. So I guess the question is, where does the line have to be drawn? Would you agree?
5: Yeah, no, I totally agree. and it, and it's a it's a really good question that. Uh, you know the seat and the entertainment manufacturers, seatback entertainment manufacturers put the cameras in um, because they thought there would be useful uh, uh, there would be opportunities to use them. You could have a video conference call from your seat, for example, um, or you could do video chat with somebody in the back of the airplane or or things like that. The, their thinking was there's not a device you buy today that doesn't have a camera in it, iPad, phone, what tablet, uh, laptop, computer, whatever it would be. So for whatever future uses they needed to install cameras, um, but there, there is, it is different when you're on the airplane. I think people look at that more as, as private time, and, and you can easily see how airlines would use this to market to people, um, to target advertising and, and things like that. And and that's what people really find intrusive. Well, I Uh, I agree
1: with you on that. I'm going to ask you this. You know, we've got maybe 30 seconds for this. But, you know, data is valuable. It's lucrative. Uh, We've seen it with all these different social media companies out there. So do you think there's going to come a time when airlines try to monetize our data? Because right now they try to monetize everything else with fees and ancillary business bringing in more revenue than the flights.
5: Yeah, well they they are already monetizing it for themselves. Um, you know, if you go skiing, you're going to get skiing ads and things like that. Um, they can uh you could easily see them monetizing it with sponsors. Um, if you if your Wi-Fi on the airplane is free and Amazon's sponsoring it, how much data you know, Amazon's already collecting that data, but uh there may be other sponsors that wouldn't have access to uh to data. Um, so yes, I think it's it's coming I I talked to Avis the other day, and they're doing a sponsorship uh, where the company just wants data about travelers. So yeah. I'm I well, right, really right
1: here. they've really moved big time into that. Scott, listen, always nice to catch up with you. We really do appreciate that. I look forward to the next time. Thanks very much. Enjoy the weekend, okay?
5: Sure. Great to talk to you
2: guys. Thanks, Scott. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: All right, there goes Scott. Uh, Folks, catch him in the Wall Street Journal. You can do that every Thursday in the Middle Seat column. Uh, Right now, we're going to pause briefly for some sponsored messages, but keep your radio locked right where it is as RM World Travel returns in three minutes.
0: RM World Travel phone lines are open 24-7 at 800-387-8025. And so is the website at rmworldtravel.com. Stay tuned. We're back after these messages.
2: GoToMeeting is the collaborative meeting tool trusted by over 18 million monthly users. But how do we make the concept of 18 million more real for you? Well, if you wanted to travel 18 million miles, you could go to the moon and back 36 times and still have a few miles left over for a detour. 18 million dollars could buy you 4.5 million non-fat iced lattes, which would keep you caffeinated from now until the end of your career. Or if you took 18 million standing desk breaks, well, you'd probably be in great shape. Visit gotomeeting.com to learn why so many people trust us to help them get work done. In today's digital world, your personal information is everywhere. If there's just one weak link, criminals could get in. Good thing there's LifeLock with Norton. LifeLock uses proprietary technology to detect identity threats like your personal info for sale on the dark web. Norton Security helps protect against online threats like ransomware. No one can prevent all identity theft or cybercrime or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can help. Go to LifeLock.com and use promo code RM to get 10% 10% off your first year or rmworldtravel.com under sponsors
5: Get out the map
4: Get out the map Finger
0: anywhere down. To participate in the program, call anytime, 800-387-8025, or log on to
3: rmworldtravel.com. Once again, this is your RM World Travel Connection. Welcome back to the show. This segment of the show is sponsored by Casper.com. You know, it's the middle of the night. You're tossing, you're turning, you're not sleeping, you're drenched, covered in sweat. Sure, running the air conditioning of the fan can help a bit, but to sleep really coolly and comfortably, get rid of your heat trapping mattress and get a Casper. The Casper mattress combines four layers of pressure relieving foams for all night comfort. It's softer under your shoulders, firmer under your hips for healthy alignment and extra support. Plus breathable forms, excuse me, breathable foams are designed to keep you cool all night, all summer long. Casper also has free shipping and returns, so you'll be able to try your new Casper mattress for 100 nights, risk free, in your own home. Go to Casper.com, Casper's C A S P E R, and use our promo code RM3, and you'll get $100 toward the purchase of select mattresses. Or as always, you can find a link at RMworldtravel.com under Sponsors. My next guest is a former Travel and Leisure uh, magazine writer, and uh, now, in between pursuing a master's in creative writing at Vermont, she writes daily—or almost daily, anyway—for the American Express magazine called Departures. Uh, that's at departures.com. You can read her. She'll do, you know, twenty-four thing, twenty-four hours in Toronto, and I know she just returned from a trip to Asia. She'll be writing a lot about that. At any rate, we're talking to her today because a couple of years ago, for Travel and Leisure, she chose. In each state in the United States, the strangest roadside attractions. So we're turning to you today, Ellie, as an expert on that. I'm going to ask you to share some of your favorites. But first, I want to ask you, how did you compile this list?
6: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is a really fun piece to write. Um, and there's a few ways that I would do research for this kind of article. Uh, informally, it comes from like my own travels and uh you know that would be road trips so i've been fortunate enough to take a handful of road trips in the u.s mostly along the east coast and the south because that's where i grew up but um a couple out west too and anytime i would pass anything that was sort of extraordinarily peculiar i would make a mental note um and i still do and it's a wonderful thing to see the beauty of america you know like the national parks and the cities but it's also pretty wonderful to see the weirdness um and chances are people don't have to go very far in their own state to find something really odd
3: um, well, I, so you f- you okay. found a lot of odd stuff. I am looking. You know, I can I can look at all fifty here. I think uh, on Travel and Leisure's page, or at least a whole lot of them. And uh, yeah,
6: yeah, they're pretty bizarre.
3: Do you have a couple of favorites?
6: Yeah, I do. Um, so, as a local Vermonter, I definitely have to point to the graveyard for Ben and Jerry flavors, which are just <laughs> the flavors that lay to rest because they didn't make the shelf. Um, And another favorite, which I haven't actually been to, but I really want to visit, is the Unclaimed Baggage Center in Alabama.
3: Oh, yes.
6: They actually buy unclaimed luggage from airlines after the airlines do a 90-day processing period where they try to actually return baggage to the passenger. And if it doesn't get returned, they send these suitcases to the center in Alabama like via tractor-trailer, and then workers sort through it and decide if something needs to be thrown away or washed or can be just sold. And anyone can come in and look through items um, and buy stuff, and they apparently have something like 7,000 new items every day. So.
3: They have it's very, it's very weird, and that. you can now buy. You can now visit uh, the Unclaimed Baggage Center in Atlanta, Alabama online and and buy yeah. stuff. Yeah, they find some weird things in those suitcases that people never claim. So
6: yeah, there's a lot of stories there. I'd imagine. So um, that one's pretty
3: cool. also. The, I, I was going to ask you the, before you pick one where Where is this? Oh, in Nevada, the Clown Motel.
6: Yeah, the Clown Motel. That's a creepy one, but oddly more <laughs> popular. <than that. laughs>
3: you say it's. It's, uh, well, the sign is metal, uh, uh, decorated with dozens of smiley, glassy-eyed clowns in a desert. And you ask, yeah. doesn't that sound yeah. appealing?
6: <laughs> it sounds so appealing, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
6: yeah, so that's an interesting one. Um, and then I'd actually recommend Waldrug in South Dakota. I've been here sure. a couple of times. That's Right on the outskirts of the Badlands, um, it's very like kitschy, sort of Western, old town Western themed. A really good place for souvenirs, um, and they've got free ice water. So if you're, you know, coming out of the Badlands after a hike and you need some ice water, it's a good, good place to stop.
3: That is um, that is great. What else you got?
6: Yeah, and then I think my ultimate favorite, also that I haven't been to, but I really would like plan a road trip around this is Colorado's UFO Watchtower. Which is, uh, I think, a woman's property that she transformed into like a campsite where people can come try to detect alien activity because it's supposedly a hub of galactic activity, according to a bunch of uh, alien craves. So, is locals, it so. when you say
3: watchtower, it implies this is something tall?
6: Yeah, I think it's like a literal, like steel watchtower.
3: And it's on, and and this is one individual who built this to look for UFOs.
6: Correct. Yeah.
3: We may have to get this woman on the, on, the, on the show, you know, to talk about this.
6: Yeah. I mean, I'd imagine she has a lot of interesting stories to tell if it's well, a, a hub of galactic activity. <laughs>
3: well, if you'd like to see what uh, Ellie picked for your state, I would go to travelandleisure.com and just search for strangest roadside attractions. Um, Ellie uh, non is uh, the author of that piece. She writes full-time for depart at departures.com. Ellie, thanks for joining us and giving a little glimpse into Americana.
6: Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me.
3: We'll be right back. Join the Travel Trio
0: by calling 800 at 78025. Access the show anytime at rmworldtravel.com. We'll be right back. To join Robert, Mary, and Rudy, call anytime 800-387-8025, or connect with us on Facebook and
3: Instagram at RM World Travel. Now back to America's number one travel radio show. We are back. This segment of the program is sponsored by the 24/7 burglar-busting protection for your home or business, simplysafe.com/travel. According to multiple studies, just over 10% of break-ins are planned beforehand. The rest are spur-of-the-moment or random crimes of opportunity. Here are some interesting statistics. Most break-ins happen between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. Homes and small businesses without security are 300% more likely to be broken into. And 65% of burglaries are committed by someone the victim knows. Another reality is only one in five homes have security. Maybe that's because most companies really don't make it easy. That's not the case with simplysafecom slash travel. The company protects every door, window, and room with 24-7 professional monitoring. There are no contracts, no hidden fees or fine print. Prices are always fair and honest as around-the-clock monitoring is just $15 a month. Now, in addition to all that, one thing that truly makes simplysafecom travel stand out is their video verica- verification technology. While other security systems are triggered, a lot of time police assume it's a false alarm, and the call goes to the bottom of the list. But this system uses video verification technology to visually confirm the break-in, allowing police to get to the scene three and a half times faster than with other home security companies. Join us. Visit simplysafecom travel right now, and when you do, you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. There's also a link at rmworldtravel.com under sponsors. In our last segment, we discussed some of America's strangest roadside attractions. Now, for our right stuff segment, we'll take a look at a couple guys who have who may have helped create roadside attractions. Way back in 1914, and for 10 years thereafter, Henry Ford and Thomas Edison took a driving tour together through the U.S. Edison, of course, was famous as an inventor, and Ford was bringing uh, America an affordable, mass-produced automobile. My guest is the author of a new book titled The Vagabond, The Story of Henry Ford and Thomas Edison's 10-Year Road Trip. His name is Jeff Gwynn, and he describes in fascinating detail the unique characters of those two men. And I don't know, am I stretching this too far, Jeff? Did they, didn't, didn't, don't you assert they sort of invented the American summer road trip?
7: They really did. Uh, before they hit the road, most Americans who had cars, and it was still only half a million Americans when they started in 1914, didn't realize hey we can take trips we can go places with these cars so edison and ford did
3: and they and they also took along i gather some of the time uh, harvey firestone who was named his tire his company firestone tires he seemed to be sort of the logistics guy
7: He was very much so. Ford and Edison were probably the two most famous Americans. So it was their job to be out in the car and show people how much fun you could have out on the road. It was Firestone's job to find the places to stay, buy the groceries, and make everybody happy.
3: How did America know they were doing this? Did they take press with them in other cars, or did they simply give interviews in every town and city they stopped in?
7: Both things. Ford and Edison were two of the best marketers of their time. They were celebrities. They were sort of the Kardashians of of their era. (laughs) And everywhere they went, the press would follow them. Just about every newspaper in America covered every day of all their trips. So not only did they teach Americans, hey, get in your cars, go on road trips, have fun in the summer, but they also kept Ford cars and Edison light bulbs right there at the top of the market.
3: And, you know, you would like to think these were two great buddies just hanging out and having a ball. Is that a true portrait of what was going on?
7: It was twofold. They really did like each other. Edison and Ford were best friends for life. Uh, They realized how the other one had so much pressure on him to keep producing miracles for the public. So they had their recreation at the same time. It was really good marketing, too. Plus, Ford ended up almost running for president twice, so it was also a political campaign.
3: Did they know it was going to be great marketing that first year?
7: Ford and Edison, I think better than almost any entrepreneurs before or since, understood marketing. And since there were a lot fewer celebrities and a lot fewer commercials, I mean, there was no radio or TV yet.
3: Or Kardashians.
7: Or Kardashians, thank goodness. They uh, would dominate the news, and they did.
3: Now, apparently their trip ended or their trips, their annual trips ended uh, after 10 years uh, because they said their fame had made travel too difficult. I think you begged to differ on that, didn't you?
1: Very
7: much so. Again, when they start, there's 500,000 cars in America and the average American still hasn't traveled more than 12 miles from home. Wow. When they finish 10 years later. There's 8 million cars on the road, and according to New York Times survey, more than half of those are now used for summer trips. So their trips, no matter how famous they were after 10 years, weren't unique. The car trips Americans cared about after that were their own, but they owed the idea to Ford and Edison.
3: And not only did they turn up some of these, uh, as I mentioned in introducing you, we just we are, the segment before we were talking to the author of a travel and leisure uh, section on the weirdest road attractions in America, you give them credit for, for uh, uh, prom- promoting the construction of motels and gas stations and diners and auto camping because one of these guys liked to camp and the other one liked to stay in a hotel, right?
7: Very much so. Uh, the whole idea of auto camping, because there weren't motels at the time, uh, there weren't roadside cafes. It was you brought your food, you found a nice field somewhere to stop for the night, and you set up in a little tent. But as more people hit the road, other entrepreneurs saw opportunity. So first there were paid auto camps, then we would have structures, little buildings that grew into motels. You could sell gas by the side of the road for the first time. All these things we take for granted pretty much sprang up during the 10 years that the Vagabonds made road trips famous.
3: Beautiful. The book is called The Vagabond, the story of Henry Ford and Thomas Edison's 10-year road trip. It's published by Simon & Schuster and my guest and the author is Jeff Gwynn. Jeff, thanks so much for stopping by. We've come to the end of the show for this weekend. Hope you'll join us again next weekend. You've been listening to your RM World Travel Connection, America's number one travel radio
0: show
5: on the SSI Radio Network.